0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. This morning, I have, uh, you know, really a word that's dear. It's going to be dear to us this year. You're seeing it on a lot of t-shirts. Maybe your coffee mugs every morning, right? What is our word of the year? Ecclesia rising, right? And uh, we want to, you know, message you so much with this that, uh, you know, you'll be, you'll be saying it in your sleep. And we really want everyone to just get stirred up and excited uh, with this word and with this message. Yeah, because often after the New Year's service, uh, we, we have to remember, what was that message Pastor John talked about, right? Uh, so we're going to keep talking about Ecclesia rising because this year it is God just is going to do something uh, new in the church, amen? So, uh, you know, I know we all came this morning, right? You all got ready. Uh, you woke up saying, I need to go to church, right? Uh, and you came expecting some things. So you knew the worship team would be here, shop 1130, whether anyone is here or not, uh, they will start, right? So, uh, you know, this, we start on time, and then, you know, Pastor Jijo will come in, or Pastor Tibi will come in, and they call, you know, they'll be ministering, maybe call out a few names. I wonder if they'll call mine today. I hope he does. I'm going through such a rough week, right? So we have certain things that we expect will happen here. And then there'll be a message, and I hear it, and I went to church, right? That's what, that's what we all have in our heads uh, when we think about doing this every Sunday. Now, that's the whole reason we didn't, Put the the message or the title of the, uh, the theme for this year is Church Rising. It's Ecclesia Rising, and I want us to really get a grip of uh, what this word really means. I know some of you have heard this often, but I know a lot of others haven't. Uh, the word Ecclesia or the word this word was is first used in the New Testament. Uh, in in Matthew chapter eighteen, we know Jesus says it and. He, The context is when he asks Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter replies, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus replies saying, Peter, on this, the rock of this revelation, that I am the Son of God, on this revelation, I will build my ecclesia. I will build, okay? Jesus builds it. And he says, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, if you know the whole context, he actually takes them up to this cave uh, at in those days, which was called, the mouth of the cave was called the gate of Hades. This was actually a place of, uh, you know, heavy pagan sacrifice to this god of the underworld called Hades. And they believed that this, this opening of the cave was the gateway into the underworld. Or, you know, where the, the demonic hosts would come into the earth through this the mouth of this cave. It's supposed to have looked like the, you know, like the mouth of something opening up. There was all kinds of, you know, pagan sacrifices and all kinds of wickedness that would happen at this gate. Jesus takes his disciples up there. And at this place in Caesarea Philippi, it's called, he asks them, who do you say that I am? And when they said, you are the son of God, he said, on this revelation, those that believe and know that I am the Christ, the son of God, with them, them, I will build my ecclesia. Now, what does ecclesia, no, it doesn't mean much to us, but it did mean a lot to the people in those days. You know, in the, the Greeks were the ones that came up with this concept of the ecclesia. And uh, this was the early phases of democracy, right? We know the Greeks were the thinkers and the philosophers and all of that. So they came up with, you know, they were tired of kings and, you know, tyrants and all of that. So the philosophers started thinking, we the people, you know, by the people, of the people, for the people, uh, we must rule ourselves, we must govern ourselves, we must take a vote, right? So... This this concept of Ecclesia was in the different places, different towns. There would be everyone above the age of 18 was a part of the Senate of that town. And for any decision regarding that place, that area, the Senate would be called. So the word Ecclesia literally means the called out ones because they would be called they would literally be a herald who would walk through the streets and call them out to come because there, we need a meeting there are things that need to be decided so the men above 18 were all supposed to go and gather and the ecclesia would come together for important work and it, you know it was it was not good for those that didn't come you know they were they were thought to be you know they're betraying the Everyone's supposed to be there And they would take votes on important decisions. And whatever the majority voted would be passed. Now this didn't last, I think, very long because, you know, Julius Caesar comes to power, probably crushes all uh, the ecclesias everywhere, and he begins to rule, uh, you know, again like like, like a king. But the concept of ecclesia was very much relevant in those days. Like, they knew what it meant. They knew that the Ecclesia is actually uh, a powerful force that comes together and makes, uh, you know, decisions together that impact, uh, you know, their place, their life. It was not just a few people coming together, sing a few songs, listen to a nice sermon, and then go back home. They did things that impacted the world. So you know later on this world ecclesia i mean i just i was reading about it yesterday i'm not sure uh, how you know credible this is but they say the monarchs of when uh, you know after the the roman kings turned you know to 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 the lord and uh, christianity became an official religion of rome later on the kings didn't want to give uh, you know share this authority that one of the kings actually diluted this word and said they're not as powerful As the word says, they are diluted to just mean the church or the believers coming together, singing a few songs, and then going back the same. So the meaning of the word church today is very different from the meaning of the word ecclesia. And Jesus didn't say, I'm going to build my church. He said, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the whole concept of uh, how church looks today is very different from what we see, it, the way it looks in scripture. And uh, so today I want to, to give you some images of what church is really like from God's word. Okay? So some uh, myths about the ecclesia, what the ecclesia is not from scripture. It is not an event to attend. Okay? Okay? That happens every morning, Sunday morning at 11.30. I come there, I sit, I watch, I go. That's not the ecclesia, okay? So myth number one, the ecclesia is not an event to attend. The ecclesia or the church is not a building that I go to. That I present myself there and so something happens. And the ecclesia is also not an organization uh, or a club that I just have to be a member of. The ecclesia is way bigger than that. Okay, so it's not an event to attend. It's not a building to go to. It's not a club or an organization just to take membership in. It is way more powerful, way bigger than than that. So what does the Word of God talk about the ecclesia? Who is the ecclesia? Like I said, anyone who has the revelation, That Jesus is the Son of God. That's your starting point to get in to the ecclesia. So when you say you went to church is one thing, but I'm a part of the ecclesia is another thing. And it's not just those who come to church that finally get called to heaven. It's those that are a part of the ecclesia. Those that have the revelation I know he's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. That's what he said. On that rock, one more rock built on this this wonderful edifice called the Ecclesia. So how do I get in? You get in through the revelation of who Jesus is. So everyone who believes in the Lordship of Christ, or only those who believe in the Lordship of Christ, are a part of the Ecclesia. So it's not a membership that I can take. It's not, you know, just because I went there, I'm a part of it. No, it's, it's something on the inside. And it is, it is available for every single person. Amen? Every single one has the invitation to come and join the ecclesia. So the, so how do I get in? I get in through the Lordship of Christ. It is so powerful that the gates of hell cannot stand against it. It looks really small. It looks weak. It looks like a few, you know, ordinary people coming together, worshiping Jesus. But when hell looks at it, hell trembles. Because Jesus said, The gates of hell cannot stand against my ecclesia. Now, against anyone who has surrendered their lives to the Lordship of Christ, you don't realize how powerful you are. Amen. Now Paul writes to Timothy in first Timothy chapter three, verses fifteen. So this is his letter to Timothy, whom he has put in charge of a church at Ephesus, and he's writing to him, you know, Timothy, take care of this, take care of that, you know, make sure these things are in order. And at the end of the letter, he says, Timothy, I want to come and see you really soon. But if I tarry long, that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So here, I want us to read it as the house of God, the ecclesia of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Most, uh, ecclesia is used 118 times in the New Testament. 115 of them are translated church, and three of them are translated assembly. But if we read it in the real meaning and the sense of the word, the, if we understand what it really meant when you read it, this should fire you up. So he's telling Timothy, Timothy, do you know what you're taking care of? You're not just taking care of a bunch of people that you need to put in order. He said, Timothy, I want you to know how to behave yourself because you are leading the household of God, the ecclesia of the living God. This is the pillar and ground of truth in a world that is ruled by the prince of lies, the devil. The ecclesia is the only truth that stands. That's you and I, everyone who has surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. Amen. In a world that's shaking with lies on every side, ruled by the father of lies, the church of the living God, the ecclesia is the pillar and ground of the truth. So he's telling him Timothy, you know, you can't be, you know, you you can't be sloppy about this. You know, like I was saying in the Malayalam service. You know, these, when I see these little kids, they really inspire me. Because I'm like, Lord, we are responsible to these little... We're accountable to keep the fire of God burning till when these guys grow up and take the baton and run. We can't drop it. Amen. We're in, a, in this marathon. And, you know, we started it. We started running and we pass it on to some. And you got to keep running till, you know, these little ones get up. And we got to make sure... They take it as well. And the legacy of Christ just keeps going. Amen. So when I see some of these babies, I think, okay, we got to keep standing, we got to keep running, we got to keep going till these kids grow up. We can't let it go. Amen. Yeah, leaders who are with me, motivate yourselves by looking at these kids saying, I'm responsible. And I pray with that. I say, Lord, I'm responsible to create an environment where these kids can encounter Jesus, that they shouldn't have to grow up and then go find him. Because they must find him in the house of God right here. Amen. Because they see people, men and women, who love Jesus passionately. And then when they grow up and they'll say, oh, we saw, you know, that junior church teacher and, you know, they prayed for us and they led us to Jesus and they filled us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we we owe it to another generation to stand. So we need to know where we are. Right? And so Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, you can't You can't be casual about this. You can't, you know, you can't be sloppy about the role I'm giving you because you are shepherding the household of God, the ecclesia of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Now, when he says household, that's the first thing I want to bring to you, that the church or the ecclesia is a family. It's the household of God, okay? Or in other words, it's the family of God. So, you know, it's, it's different when you come to watch. So you, so you bought tickets to watch a movie. You don't care who's in the theater with you. But when you come for a family event, it's different, right? Because you're like, oh, there's the auntie who is, you know, I haven't seen in two years. There's the upperton and then the amati and then you got to catch up. The ecclesia is number one of family. God is the father of us all we are all united by one spirit we all are called into by the same father into the same family we're all given an identity in this father's home so i may not you know agree with everything and i'm not just talking about wicc here okay i'm talking about the universal church i'm talking about anyone who's got the revelation that jesus is the son of god is family amen It may be hard because, you know, I may not like the way they do it. I I don't like the way they dress. I don't like the way they worship. Uh, I can't understand what they're saying, but they're family. Why? Because one father, we're all adopted into the same family. So we we were adopted. Before we were adopted, we were all in different homes, right? But this great, amazing heavenly father loved us all and took us all and now said, now you're all one. Brothers and sisters, but the thing is we got to work it out, yeah? Just like in any home. How many of you like everybody in your family? Yeah, no hands raised. <laughs> okay? So I'm sh- See, we all have difficult people in our families, but what happens? They're family! As I was, you know, I'm the youngest of three girls. We, we have our, you know, squabbles and uh, the next call, you know, one call we'd be like, you know, arguing about something. The next call, everything's forgotten. We're like, you know, great buddies again. So our kids watch this and they're like, you know, you guys were just fighting over something the other day. So it's with flesh and blood. You know, we don't, we don't keep all of this. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is my sister anyway. So in the family of God, number one, the church is family. The church is meant, you're supposed to see your brother and your sister as one father. We're all united by one spirit. I'm not just talking about here, I'm talking about anywhere out there. You know, we, we interact with so many different uh, kinds of disciples. But we honor them because we say we're all children of the same father, right? We can't squabble over little things, the non-essentials. So that number one, the ecclesia is a family. And we all need to know that you and I are all part of this family. You've been given a place You've been adopted, you've been given a name, you've been been given a seat at the table in this family. So your identity now is this family. We were orphans, we were, you know, aliens from God's grace and God's kingdom, but now we are adopted. So now I come into this glorious family, but I realize there are, you know, 100,000 others as well, and the journey is to learn to grow together. But I need to know my heavenly identity. I need to know who my father is. Amen? So, the, the number one, the ecclesia is a family, and it gives you an identity. Okay? So, the ecclesia is, again, let me go back to the myths. not an event to attend, not a building to come to, and it's not an organization that I can take membership in, Okay, if you have any more myths you want to add to that, you know, you can let me know. Uh, I'm sure there are more. These are a couple that I could come up with. But these are mindsets that we need to break. The ecclesia is a family. Amen? Number one, it's the household of God. Number two, it is a body to be a part of. So one of the descriptions of the ecclesia or the church is a body. Okay, in Romans chapter 12 and verses 12, uh, onwards, you know, there are a whole, uh, right up to uh, verses 20, 21, it all talks about how the body of Christ needs to work as one body. And just like in your body, you have different organs, yeah? You have different parts of the body, but they all work in harmony for one purpose. Imagine if your every organ in your body had a different thing it wanted to do. You wouldn't last very long. If the liver had its own agenda and said, I don't want to be the liver. I don't want to, you know, clean up the blood. I want to do what the kidneys are doing. I'm going to try to do that. Or the heart says, I'm tired of pumping. I'm pumping day and night, day and night. And nobody even recognizes me, right? Nobody even sees me. I want to be, I want to be like the eyes where everybody can see you. Or I want to be like the mouth that gets to say all kinds of stuff. The body is, the human body is is created in such a way that every organ knows what it's supposed to do. Everything is in the right place. The body of Christ, it says you are all members of the body. Not an event to attend, but members and parts of one body. Which means every one of you here has a gift Or has a role, has a part to play in the body. And when you don't play that role, the whole body suffers. If your right hand is, left hand is to say, oh, he says he's a right-hander. So he doesn't want me. So I'm not going to move. Let him do everything. Right-hander, right? How's that going to affect the whole body? How much can you do with just one hand? However right-handed, yeah, we we need two hands. What about the body of Christ? The, the word describes the body, says, as the body is one and has many members. But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. You see yourself as, I'm a part of this body. I can't do solo ministry. I can't do it on my own. I'm, a, I'm just a member of the body. The body has a purpose and a plan that God has given it. And my job is just to do what I'm called to do. I can't do what everyone else is doing. I've got to do what i got to do. Amen. You know, we are like four, five pastors here. Everyone is so different. We all have different giftings. We can't do what the other is doing. So many leaders here. And some people just do some amazing stuff that maybe you can't do. I can't do. But I'm like, I got to do what I got to do. You've got to do what you've got to do. Because we're all part of a body. Amen. And, if the, and our love is for the body. It's not for my agenda. I love the body because it is Christ's body. And he's put me as a part of his body for his glory. So I got to find my gifting and my place. I got to find it. Am I a liver? Am I a kidney? Am I a muscle? Or am I what? You know, what is the gifting? Where has he placed me? And I got to use it. The church is not an event to attend. It is not an organization just to, you know, Sign up your membership in, and it is not just a building that you come and you go. It is a very, very living organism. Every one of you have a role and a part in the body. Amen? And you need to ask God, I hope as I'm speaking, I'm stirring you have to ask Lord, what is my role? Where do I fit in? Because if you have encountered Jesus, and if Jesus is Lord, and you're put into the body, there is no cell in the body that is just there. There's a a reason why every single cell, every single organ is there. Amen? So you want to find out what is your role in the body. If you don't know, a great place to start is just by getting into prayer. Because prayer is one of the most powerful things that the ecclesia does. You know, like I said, the ecclesia would take a vote on important things. And Jesus said, if two or three of you will agree together concerning anything on earth as the ecclesia, you have a majority. It will be done for them. So if you don't know what to do, what's my gifting? You know, I can't uh, preach, I can't sing, I can't play an instrument. I, I don't know media. You can pray, find somebody to pray with, and do what the ecclesia is supposed to. It's not about this event. You know, this the Sunday morning service is you know perfectly planned. There are so many people that work behind the scenes to make it happen. But this is not church. There, This is just the celebration event of the church. This is just the, you know, when we get together to just celebrate together, rejoice in what we have, and we go back, we're still the church. We're still the body of Christ. We're still the family of God. That doesn't end once you walk out of here. So it's it's what you see yourself. Do you see what Jesus calls you and sees you as? The third thing that the ecclesia is described as is a spiritual building, not a physical one, but a spiritual one. And who, are, who makes up the building, just like in the body, it's you and I. And it says that you and I are living stones that come together and are arranged in a certain way to make the whole building come up. Now, the brick in the living room has no clue of the, you know, the brick in the top, you know, floor bedroom. But the brick in the living room is placed there and it's got to stay there. Because that's the place in the body that God has given it, right? So just like the body, the, the other uh, picture for the church is a building. And if you look with me in Ephesians, now in First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, coming to him, to Jesus... As to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen of God and precious. So we we come to Christ and he's like a stone that the builders rejected and said, this stone is no good, but God chose him. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God Through Jesus Christ. You also as living stones. So what does this building look like? It's full of living stones. So you can imagine that's going to be a little wobbly building, yeah? Because every stone has a mind of its own. And every stone wants to be another stone. I don't want to be in the bathroom. I want to be in the living room. But we are all living stones that he decides, okay, this is the final building that I'm going to dwell in. But when every stone is doing its own thing and wants to be, no, I want to be part of the other building. I don't like this building. But we all as living stones, when we come to Christ as to a living stone, he has a place that he places us. And, you know, he he just may decide to take you out of there and put you somewhere else as long as you're faithful there. How do we, you know, the thing about being, you know, put together like this is you may not like the stone next to you. I don't want to be near the stone. Can I be near that stone? But that's the whole point, even of the body, of the building. You know, all of the pictures that represent the church requires, uh, it, it's to do with your, either your relationship with God or your relationship with one another. And when you look at it as an event to attend, there's zero of that. I can just go, I can attend, and I can go back. There's no expectation of connecting to God or connecting to one another. When Jesus said, when he was asked, what are the two greatest, you know, what is the biggest law, he said, there are two, and on these hang every other law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You do these two, you you fulfilled everything. So you don't have to worry about it. I break this law today. If you walk in love, love to God, love to one another, then you fulfill every law. How can you learn to walk in love with one another unless some the one another's actually challenge you to love them? We live in isolation. It's very easy to think we love everybody, but when we are in the family, when we are in the body, and we have to learn to work with the other organs of the body, and we have to learn to function, you know, with, in sync with every other organ for the greater purpose of what the body is called to do, when we have to stand as a living stone in our place, in this building, and hold on, and hold on to the people next to you, and stay cemented, you know, when the enemy is trying to push you all down, and we stay together, and we hang in there in love, that's when we're becoming the ecclesia. Men, the, the ecclesia is always challenged to grow in love. And to walk in love. Amen? So it is not an event. I'm going to drill that in. Not an event to attend. It's not a building that I can visit and I can feel good that I came there. It's not an organization. It's not a, you know, a corporation that I can you know, sign a, assign something and get in. It's a very spiritual, powerful force. So the, the third thing is a spiritual building, right? So every one of us is a living stone in the building. Do you know your place? Do you know where God has placed you? Do you know what he wants to do through you? Do you know that if you're not standing in your place, there's a big hole in the building? The building is exposed to the things of the world outside. Imagine what you, know, what you may think the building of God looks like, you know, like broken down and here and there, lots of big holes, some small holes, because the living stones are probably all just, you know, doing their own thing. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, where's my place? Where must I stand? How must we stand together? Where, Lord, are you calling me to be a part of? Where am I a living stone in? Another picture of the ecclesia, or who we're called to be, is we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. In uh, Philippians 3, verses 20, the word says, Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Ephesians chapter two, verses 19 says, now therefore you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. If we're citizens of a kingdom, we need to know what kind of kingdom we're citizens of. We need to know who the king is, yes? Every citizen of a kingdom knows the king or knows who the king is. But here, every one of us gets access into the kingdom through the king. He's the only king who would lay his life down, shed his own blood to get you into the, his kingdom. Kings, kingdoms of this kings of this world would, you know, will kill and destroy to get you know, people into their kingdom. But we have we serve a king and we're members and citizens of a of a heavenly kingdom. And we need to know. Uh, what the kingdom is all about, the constitution of the kingdom, what's right and what's not right in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. There are some things the kingdom allows. There are some things the kingdom does not allow. Unforgiveness is illegal in the kingdom. Hating one another is illegal. The king does not approve of it. Isolation and you know, staying away from the body is illegal in the kingdom. There are things the king loves, there are things the king hates. As citizens of a heavenly kingdom, we must know. We can't, uh, you know, live assuming, you know, imagine in, in, in our own nation, if we didn't know the law, you, need, you can't just, if, you, if you're picked up for breaking the law, you say, well, I didn't know that was a law. I don't think you, you can get away with, with that. You're supposed to know what the law has to say. You're supposed to know the laws about, say, driving or whatever before you get a license, right? And you're citizens of the kingdom, you must know what the king says. You must know his word because that's the constitution of the kingdom that we belong. It's a heavenly kingdom, right? We, we serve the, yeah, the earthly nation, you know we, right even in scripture, Joseph served an earthly king, but he also reported to a heavenly king. Daniel, you know he served. Three kings, three or four kingdoms came and went. And Daniel stood as a, as a top leader in every one of those kingdoms. But he still, his devotion was still to the king of kings. So it's, it's not that, you know, we, we, are, uh, we forget about the world here. We can be in two kingdoms. I'm not saying we serve both as God. But you, God is, is the you know, sovereign master. But we're called to be faithful here on the earth as well. But know the kingdom that you're you're a part of. The ecclesia is the citizens of a heavenly kingdom. The ecclesia is a family. Okay? And every one of us is accepted, loved, valued by the heavenly father. Every one of us has a place in the family. Okay? So no one is rejected. No one is... uh, The father does not call one greater or less. The Father does not evaluate us by the way we look, the way we you know, speak, what we know, who we are. Everyone who comes in through Jesus, accepted in the family, has a place, is valued, is loved. We are part of a body. The Ecclesia is a body. The Ecclesia is a spiritual building. The Ecclesia is citizens of a heavenly kingdom. And let me close with this one. The Ecclesia is a bride preparing herself for a heavenly bridegroom. The ecclesia is not an event to attend. It is not a building that I can come to and go from. It is not something I can sign up as a membership. It is the bride that is preparing herself to meet with her king, meet with the bridegroom. So the ecclesia is a, you know, is is a is is a passionate bride. And it doesn't say is a wife, you know, not that a wife he's uh, not as, you know, waiting or for the husband, I was just joking it's not like a wife after 40 years you know, you're not you're not as excited about meeting the husband as you are when you're just engaged not that, you know, maybe those, those rare ones that are 40 years down the road, maybe all have marriages that are 40 years down the road you're still so in love with each other but a bride, you know be, before meeting the bridegroom is preparing herself for the day of the wedding The Ecclesia is not, uh, you know, is not sleeping, is not dragging her feet. The Ecclesia, can you see the picture of this passionate bride who is preparing herself, who is keeping herself, I can't be, you know, I can't be uh, involved in the mundane stuff of this world. It will take me away from my focus of preparing myself for my heavenly bridegroom. The Ecclesia is a bride that is looking to Jesus, that has a personal relationship with Jesus this is the foundation of the ecclesia amen and the, the, this passionate bride she's you know she's her eyes she's focused on her king she's focused on her bridegroom and she's preparing herself for him so we are a family we're a body we're a building amen we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom and we are a bride so we want to shake off every other image, every other picture, every other mindset that maybe you're walking with, that you think this is the church. But God's word says that's not the church. That's not church at all. What we do here is a celebration of being the church. Don't make this the only church that you're going to or that you're a part of. Don't make this Sunday morning make you happy that I went and I did church. Step into the kingdom. Step into knowing Jesus and walking with him and the body of Christ. If you haven't found your place in the body, you're missing out on fulfillment because that's what he's created you for. You know, uh, an organ of the body lying outside means nothing. Right? Imagine if you you're, you're amputated a leg and it's lying there. It was a part of your body, but it's not connected to the body. It's not getting life and sustenance from the body. It's not being, you know, plugged into the blood that's flowing in the rest of the body. There's a saying, the banana that leaves the bunch is the first to be eaten. The enemy loves those who isolate. And he will always encourage you to isolate. Stay away. Don't, you know, don't go to them anymore. They always, they say this. someone said this, someone said that. Whenever I come to church, someone says this or someone says that. So I'm not going to church anymore. When I go to church, I'll attend and I'll run, you know, hit the exit door as soon as, even before the last amen is said. We're not doing church. We got to put ourselves out there because you're a living stone that is placed in the building. And you may have to, you know, have, God may have to smoothen out your rough edges. And the only place it's going to happen is when you're in fellowship with other believers. But you don't like the smooth and dry. every every stone that has to be placed needs some shaping and some chiseling out if it has to fit in. And God wants to bring us together as a family. Bring us together as a body that is. And what do we do? We are meant to be light in the darkness. A city on a hill that can't be hid. Amen. We're supposed to, you know, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10, let me end with this. The to the intent that now to the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the ecclesia, the manifold wisdom of God. To the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the ecclesia, the manifold wisdom of God. You know, we don't think we're much, but the demons think we're a lot. When they see the ecclesia rising, they're like, oh no, we're in trouble. We gotta keep them sleeping, and we gotta keep them separate, and we gotta keep them isolated, and we gotta keep them away from the presence of God and one another. And then they'll be powerless and useless, and they'll be happy that they attended church every Sunday and went back the same. But the church knows I'm the ecclesia. I gotta, you know, plug into God's power in God's house. I gotta. Have a living relationship with Jesus and with his saints. The ecclesia begins to rise. And when she rises, our principalities and powers in heavenly places begin to see the manifold wisdom of God. They're like, whoa, God can do that through those guys? You know, part of God can flow and get me out of somebody through that. That little one who I don't think could do anything. It's a part of the ecclesia. Amen. let's rise up to our feet hallelujah Lord this is the year you are calling the Ecclesia to rise the Ecclesia to rise oh you said on this rock I will build my Ecclesia I will build my Ecclesia no one will build it for me Jesus himself will build and he is building, and he has been building 2,000 years. He has not stopped building. There may have been, you know, forces that have tried to stop him, forces that have tried to destroy the ecclesia time and time again, but the ecclesia rises up every single time. Because Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades cannot prevail against it. Lord, we just pray That we as a church, Lord, join with the universal body of Christ. We are just a part of, of this great, amazing body of Christ. We're so privileged to be a part of it, Lord. We're so privileged to have entry, Lord, into your kingdom. We're so privileged to have the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. And if there's any one of you here who has not had that revelation, I just pray right now the eyes of your understanding will open up that you will, like Peter say, I know you are the Christ, the Messiah, the sent one, the Son of God. I've seen you, I know, I've been with you, and I know you're the Son of God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will open up every eye in this place of, of revelation. that everyone realize and know that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. We declare it, Lord. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the Anointed One. You are the Son of God. On this rock of revelation. I will build my Ecclesia, Lord. We're so privileged to be a part of this amazing body of Christ, this family of God. We're a family, Lord. We're a family. Anyone feels like an orphan. Anyone feels like I don't belong. I just pray against that orphan spirit. The Father says, I've accepted you into the family. I've accepted, I've adopted you into the family. I've adopted you before you did anything right. I adopted you because of my grace. And there's nothing you can do to change the adoption. I love you with an everlasting love. And I am your father. I am your father. I am your father. Your identity is in me and not in the world and its things. Don't look for your place in this world. I've given you a place at my right hand. I've given you a place at my table and it's got your name on it. You're adopted in the family. There's a title deed signed with your name on it. And the spirit of adoption was sent upon you to confirm that he's adopted you. He's adopted you into the family. You're a part of the family. You're a part of the family. You're a part of the family. You have the identity of the family of God. Oh, we are one family. We are one family. Lord, I just pray the love of God just just overflow, permeate, Lord. that we will realize we're one family, Lord. We can't be offended, we can't be upset. We're one family, we're one body. I pray that every single person here will just realize the gift that you placed in them. And so I want to be a part of the body. I want to do my part in the body. I don't want to stay away. If I stay away, some other part's got to do extra. I want to fulfill my role in the body. I want to do what only I can do. Lord, release gifts, Lord. Release new gifts, Lord, new gifts. Some of you are just gifted in different things. Some of you may think you have no gift. The Holy Spirit has has called you for certain things. As you do the little you know how to do, He will increase it. Lord, let every single person be, Lord, engaged in the body. Lord, not just, not WICC, something, somewhere. Be effective in the body of Christ. I pray the universal body that we'll be able to make a difference, do our role. We are a spiritual building in the Lord. Lord, living stones, living stones. That the enemy not take any of us away from our place in the spiritual building. Oh Lord, as citizens of your kingdom, Lord, we want to align ourselves, Lord, to your law and to your constitution of your word, Lord. We We have a responsibility as citizens of the kingdom to obey his word. We have a responsibility to know and obey his word. And Lord, I pray as a bride, oh, let us be passionate in love with Jesus. In love, stir up, Lord. Stir up right now. Stir up, Spirit of God. Lord, love for Jesus. Love for Jesus. Let the church be marked with love for Jesus. Lord, just like you spoke, Lord, to the the church. You have left, you have, have this against you. You've left your first love. You've left your first love. You're not as passionate as you used to be. The ecclesia is a passionate bride. A passionate bride that is preparing herself for to meet with the bridegroom. Lord, we as a church want to be a church, of, uh, Lord, uh, a church that is ready. It's, got, it's not sleeping, Lord, like the the, the the five foolish virgins, Lord, too occupied with the things around us that we're forgetting to prepare. When we're asleep, the trumpet will sound and the bridegroom will return. Oh, Just lift up your voices and pray. Just ask the Lord, Lord, let the Ecclesia, let me rise. I want to rise this year. I want to rise as part of the Ecclesia. I don't want to stay where I was, Lord, till now. I want to find my place. I want to be a part of this amazing body. Let the Ecclesia rise. Let the Ecclesia rise. Let the Church of Jesus rise. Oh, let the body of Christ rise. Lord, I pray against every part of the enemy, Lord. sent against your Church. Lord, send to keep them sleeping. Lord, send to keep them, Lord, discouraged, Lord, and away, Lord, from the life of the body. Father, Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, For an anointing this this morning, Lord, to break every yoke, every strategy of the enemy. Every strategy of the enemy to keep the Ecclesia sleeping. Ecclesia, rise. Ecclesia, rise in the name of Jesus. Church, arise. Lord, I just prophetically want to declare it over us as a church. Ecclesia, rise. You're the Senate. You have power. You have authority. If two or three of you will agree together, we'll declare it It will be done for you. You will unlock things that you have not unlocked before. If you will only rise, you will only rise, Lord. Oh, we declare that over us this year. We as a church, Lord, we want to rise. We want to rise. We don't know, Lord, what you are going to do. But we just believe Holy Spirit. Oh, something new. There's going to be something. Your wind of the Spirit of God going to blow upon us. The ecclesia is not an event that we're attending. It is not an event. We're not going to close it down with the event. After the event, the ecclesia just gets warmed up for the week ahead to be the church to be the ecclesia, to, to destroy the powers of darkness in the places that you sent us. We receive an anointing, Lord, this morning. Oh, I just believe that in the coming days, many of you will discover new giftings, new things that you, th- you thought you couldn't do as you offer yourselves to the Lord. He's going to impart gifts. He's going to pour out new gifts. You will begin to operate and do things you didn't think you could do. And the Lord is just says, respond to your desire to be used more by Him. Lord, activate it, Lord. The gifts of the Spirit, let it flow among us, Lord, as a church. Healing, miracles will come out in the most unexpected places. As you go out, you just pray for that, it's that loved one who is sick. You Even you didn't believe they'd be healed. Miracles break out as the ecclesia rises. Miracles break out. As the Ecclesia rises, she's shaking off the chains. She's rising up to be the church, the glorious Ecclesia that Jesus is building. I will build. I will build my Ecclesia. The gates of hell will not stand against. We agree with you, Lord. Thank you for what you are doing. In your matchless name we pray. Amen. Ecclesia rising. Come on. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons please do visit us at wicc.in